What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike Heitman Show, your place for music, motivation, and modern love. If you haven't already done so, make sure you follow me on social media, Mike Heitman Show. It's on Instagram and TikTok. I've been doing lots of stuff there. Not that you need a impetus to follow me there, but I have more than just what's on the podcast there. So you can check it out. Today's episode on this Motivational Monday is less about motivation, but just talking about some skills that maybe we all need a refresher in because I have been trying to figure out certain things that I can work on and improve in my communication. And I was like, oh man, I thought that I had really good communication skills. And while I feel I do have some really strong areas, there are some areas I definitely can work on. And I feel like these are things that probably a lot of people struggle with. And so that's why I am forwarding the information to you. So let's go over these really basic things. I'm not going to go too deep into a lot of these things, but I feel like just getting these things in your mind, thinking about them is good, number one. And number two, there is a plethora of things on YouTube that you can watch. The TED Talks alone on body language and communication. There's so many. You can go look those up for yourself and kind of tailor what you really feel you need to work on since I'm doing more of a broad stroke of of this stuff. Now, there are two types of communication just from a broad perspective that is verbal and nonverbal. Let's first start with verbal communication. This is kind of a no-brainer, but ironically, most of our communication is not through verbal. We might think it is, but studies show that about only 7% is our actual words. 38% is the tone of voice, and then the rest is nonverbal. So that doesn't mean that we need to not care as much about verbal, but it's just something to keep in mind as you work on your verbal communication. There's four basic types of verbal communication, right? There's intra personal, so that's the thoughts inside your head, interpersonal, so one-on-one, group communication, self-explanatory, and public speaking. Let's first take intrapersonal, so the thoughts inside our, our own heads. As I have talked about many times on the podcast, this is arguably one of the most powerful parts of communication because we are our thoughts if we allow them to go crazy on us. We have control over what we choose to ruminate on. And so it's really important that you communicate with yourself in a positive, affirming way. It's super easy to be down on yourself or to be lazy about this because what does our brain want? It wants homeostasis. It wants the path of least resistance. And especially if you have trauma in your life or you're influenced really easily by the stuff in our society, which a lot of it is negative, telling you that you're not good enough or this person's so pretty or successful or whatever, and you feel like there's no way that you can get there, even though (laughs) there's probably some lies behind that. Photoshop more than likely also. So you have to make sure that you're 
your self-talk is really well regulated. And I have found this to be extremely true in 2022 as I have worked through the breakup, as I've tried to retool how I think about myself. Do I have days that I am like, you you piece of shit, what did you do? <laughs> of course, I'm not perfect. I also still make mistakes. I know that that's shocking to you, but I do. I mean, I'm gonna freely admit it. I make mistakes, I ain't Jesus. So, um, but now when I make those mistakes, it's not as negative as it used to be. And even certain things like, you can sit here and have a, a thought keep coming at you, right? And you can say, I'm gonna regulate this, I'm gonna regulate this, I'm gonna push it away, I'm going to divert my, my attention. And sometimes that works. But if this thought keeps coming at you, let me just give you a piece of advice that I found to be very true. Sometimes those things that keep happening, you just need to have the conversation with yourself, parse it out, and then it goes away. Or at least it doesn't come back as readily. And you can't judge yourself for that. You know, I had plenty of things like that when I was thinking about my ex as I was getting over that. And I was just like, look, just have the conversation and then move on. Because your brain is like, no, 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 you need to think about it. You need to think about it. Are you thinking about it? You should probably think about it. No, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. Okay, interpersonal, one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe like two people. This is where more of your verbal skills come into play, obviously, because you're getting feedback from the things that you're saying. And that's not a critique. It's just you're, it's a two-way or, you know, whatever conversation. As you work on your verbal communication, you need to make sure that you're choosing. You need to be very particular with your words if you want to have effective verbal communication. You know, a lot of times it's really easy to go down the verbal vomit route. Sometimes that works when you're trying to figure out something and you can, through thinking out loud, you figure it out with a friend. But you just got to be careful because we can very easily get ourselves into trouble if we don't monitor that. Group setting is basically the interpersonal, but with more people. Same, same rules apply. You know, more feedback, you need to be more patient, let people talk. And then public speaking is this weird thing where it's kind of like a one-on-one -on -one conversation because you're not necessarily getting feedback. I mean, you may get applause or boos, but most public speaking, it's like you just stand and deliver and people just take it, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, they may disagree with you or they may love what you're saying, but they may not necessarily react. So you just got to stand and be confident in what you're saying and hopefully believe what you're saying. So what are some critical parts of verbal communication? There's four basic parts of verbal communication. There's your tone, inflection, speed, and volume. So let's first take tone. That seems pretty obvious. You know, if you're mad... And even if you're saying, I love you, but you're like, oh, I love you, you know, that <laughs> you're sending two messages there. Likewise, if you were to inflect it two different ways, it's a different message. If you say, I love you versus I love you, right? That bleh, at the end is a question. Likewise, if you just say, I love you, very monotone, very one pitch. Those are three very different interpretations of how a person could receive that. Likewise, if you're like, I love you, which sometimes that's all the time you have, but they're like, do you love me? I love you. <laughs> like, 
our speed is very important and we will talk a little bit more about it in the body language uh, stuff but your speed in your gestures and your body language is important obviously but it even goes into your voice because if you're really fast or fidgety it makes you sound nervous and people will start to like like what are they saying they may not trust you all of that and then of course your volume there's a big difference between I love you and I love you right some of that volume is proximity to the person that's listening but if you're in a normal distance from somebody that makes a big big difference in how they receive it so let's talk about some ways that we can better our verbal communication and this first tip I learned from one of my favorite teachers ever in college and I didn't notice this until he mentioned it to me probably two years after I first met him. He mentioned this to me because I had a tendency at the time to just like somebody would talk to me and then I would just boom go for it and sometimes I made comments that I would have to later retract because I'm verbal vomiting right and he would say have you ever considered breathing before you talk and I said, no. He's like, you need to start doing that. Because you have a lot of great ideas. You are good at communicating. But breathing before you speak will help you be more confident. Now, great advice. Do I always do that? Still to this day? Mm. Anyway, why is breathing before you speak really helpful? Number one, it helps you to stay present. They talk about in chakra and in yoga, this the breath that you breathe in is called prana. And it's not just air, it's the breath of life, right? So if you breathe in, you are able to be present. Number one, that new oxygen coming in is actually going to calm your nerves. So if you're in a really tense conversation, you probably really need that. If you take that extra second to breathe, it gives your brain one extra second to really think about what you're about to say, whether it's necessary, helpful, or detrimental, or if you're just going out of emotion instead of logic or whatever. So breathing before you speak is a very, very powerful way to increase your verbal communication skills. Because we don't want to put ourselves in, in a situation where we're constantly having to go and edit and backtrack later. The other big thing is you need to be actively listening when you're not speaking. So how do you do that? Number one, you listen with intent. And what that means to me, at least, is that you're listening to actually understand somebody. Not just to react and this takes time. A lot of times when we are first trying to fix our listening skills, we will notice that most of the time when people talk to us, we're listening to react to what they're saying instead of just taking in the information. Because I've noticed with especially certain people in my life, and I do this too at times, is that the point that they are trying to get across, if they even have one, is way at the end. And so if we don't wait till the end and we're constantly interrupting them, 
not only are you making that conversation longer than it needs to be, not only are you interrupting their brain flow, but you're actively not listening. And that is extremely frustrating to the person who's trying to talk to you because it makes you appear as if you don't care, which that may or may not be true. It makes you come off as impatient. There's, I mean, there's a myriad of ways that that goes negatively. All of that said, one of the things you can do, because there are some people who maybe their attention span isn't that great. We've talked about how distracted we are in our society and that our attention span sucks now. And instead of jumping in and reacting because you're maybe you're losing track and you're reacting to something they said, it would be far better for you to say, hold up, can you explain to me this thing that you had a question on? Because that's the thing that's tripping you up, right? Or that you want to react to? Because then they can back up and redo that and then hopefully through that answer and then they move on, you'll have a better understanding. You'll be able to follow it better. Another thing too in this attention span thing is, hey, if you need to, make notes. I mean, it might be kind of weird if you're just hanging out with your friends. You're like, excuse me, let me get the pad and paper if you're going to be talking this long. And I don't know why I did that accent. That was really weird. <laughs> it was like almost Irish. I guess it's the... Uh, St. Paddy's Day hangover? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, the other thing too is when you do ask questions, I mean, I did give you one example of a question you could ask. One of the ways that shows that you're actively listening is you ask mostly questions that are not yes or no. You, you ask questions that lead them to give more information and that will show that you are interested that you actually care about what they're saying. And as you do that, your conversations will go much better. Now, let's talk about some of the things that people don't necessarily think about with body language. And I'm going to go to YouTube for this. This is Project Better Self. And this is what they had to say about it. First, look your best. This is how our society works right now. Whether you like it or not, you will be judged by your appearance. I know this is not strictly a body language tip, but it's important because depending if you look your best or if you don't care about your appearance at all, it can either increase or decrease the effectiveness of the tips that follow. Plus, you will automatically feel more confident when you look your best. I'm sure you've experienced this already. And by looking your best, I don't mean expensive brands and golden watches. What I mean is that you're clean, smell nice, and your clothes are appropriate and fit nicely. Second, use power poses. Whenever you're feeling powerful, you tend to subconsciously use a power pose. But what social psychologist Amy Cuddy revealed in her TED talk is that standing or sitting with certain poses for as little as two minutes raises testosterone levels and lowers cortisol, also known as the stress hormone. Those hormone levels are associated with power and dominance. In other words, if you use power poses even if you're not feeling confident, you will begin to feel powerful, dominant and optimistic, traits that belong to the confident alpha. Third, slow yourself down. This was absolutely the tip that made the biggest difference in my case. And by slowing down, I mean slow your movement, your speech, slow down your arms. If someone calls you, slow down as you're turning your head. Simply imagine that you're in a pool of water and act with that speed. The reason why slowing down works is because it shows people that you got everything under control, even if you don't. And it shows that you're not afraid, you're confident and calm. Even if something bad happens, you will find a way to fix it. The opposite of being slow is being impulsive, nervous and fidgeting. So try to lower those things as much as possible and simply remember to slow yourself down. Fourth, practice smiling and holding eye contact correctly. 
Looking down when walking or talking is the fastest way to show someone that you're uncomfortable and not confident. What you should do instead is to hold firm eye contact about 80% of the conversation. And if you're not comfortable holding eye contact, you can try looking your partner in the eyebrows at first. It will be much easier and they won't notice the difference. After that, gradually work your way up into full eye contact. Also, wear a smirk, a light smile on your face throughout the day to come across as approachable, fun and confident person. After the video, go ahead and look yourself in the mirror. Compare having a dead serious face with a light, playful, confident smile. You'll notice the difference immediately. The first two that he talks about are kind of fake it till you make it, life hack kinds of things, right? Your clothes do say a lot about you, whether you like it or not. Also, using these power poses, even if you don't feel powerful, you will be more confident. These ideas at first seem like, wait, what? You want me to stand in front of a mirror like Superman? What? They do work. When you start doing that, and then if you go later when he's talking about the eye contact and the smirking, that like slight smile, it subconsciously does a lot for your self-confidence. It will help you feel better. Just to be fully transparent, for me, I was noticing that when I talk to people, I sometimes don't have very good eye contact. And I feel I'm actually a pretty confident person, but I'm not showing that when I'm, you know, it's not like I'm looking side to side all the time, but I, I feel like I avoid connection when I do that. And it's, it's a, uh, what do they call it? It's a tick, I guess, a nervous tick that I do, even if I'm not nervous, especially. Like, I, I would have one-on-one -on -one conversations with good friends, and yeah, you don't want to just stare at somebody, but, like, there's a, a part of it that, that I felt that I could improve on. And in conjunction with that, I saw this TikTok that said, what if every time you go through a door, it's an opportunity to smile? That way, when people first see you, they see that you seem happy. And then when you leave, you're leaving with a smile on your face. It's like, hmm. And I've started to do those things, and already things are a little bit better. And then going back to the slowing things down, and I want you to notice this. The next time you go to a live show like a broadway show or if you happen to be into opera or even certain tv things will show this too but i think it's more apparent when it's live theater you'll notice that the person who is confident on stage like it's a, this is with at least two people right the people who are confident are this like strong centered slower moving person Whereas if it's a confrontation, for example, the person who's freaking out is running all over the place and like fidgety and all that. That's how you exude that. They're completely related. And so as you slow down your communication, you breathe, which will help you slow down, right? And then you're slowing down your movements and all these things align, you will come off super confident. After talking about those things, he then goes into posture things. And some of these things we don't necessarily think about, but we do naturally. I noticed when he talked about the ones that you do that give off anxiety or whatever, I just think I'm comfortable, but that's not what I'm giving off. And so it's important to be aware of what simple things like your feet are doing, because they can say a lot about what you're thinking and how you feel. So here are some tips on that. 
Let's go over your stance and posture. Start with your feet shoulder width apart and your toes pointing outwards. This is considered open body language. If your legs are crossed or you have one leg behind the other, this type of body language is called closed body language and it's associated with fear, anxiety, defense and lack of confidence, traits that are not so attractive. On the other hand, open body language is associated with confidence and power, so feet shoulder width apart and toes pointing outwards. Bonus tip for your feet and legs is to take big steps, or at least don't take small steps. Shuffling or creeping make you look nervous, so take firm strides. Arms. Don't cross them. When we are nervous, we tend to put our hands in our pockets, behind our backs, or cross them to cover our chest. And that can be seen as shy, introverted, and passive, so don't cross them, don't hide them. Keep them relaxed by your side, on your waist, or use them to emphasize certain points in your conversation. Now, I want you to pay close attention to the next two groups because they will literally change how people see you. It's your shoulders and chest. I want you to notice your posture right now. Most of you watching this video will have your shoulders slouched forward and your chest inwards. And because we spend a lot of time in this position because of computers and phones, without thinking, we carry it throughout the day. What you should do is first bring your shoulders back and then down. This will fix your posture, open up your chest and straighten your neck. Speaking about the neck, it should be in line with your body and your head should be facing forward. You should bring your chin just a little bit upwards, but don't overdo it as you may come across as arrogant. Also, avoid tilting your head down as it signals uncertainty and lack of confidence. Confident body language is opening yourself up, doing slow and controlled motions, speaking with calm and confident voice, having a straight posture with your shoulders back and your chest up, not being afraid to take up space and looking and feeling comfortable. A rule of thumb is, if you feel comfortable, you look comfortable. If you look and feel confident long enough on the outside, I guarantee you will start to feel it on the inside. He talked about also in that same segment about taking up space. And yes, you can create that by putting your shoulders back and being upright and confident. But I think the bigger hurdle for people is just allowing themselves to do it. Because we're trained often as we grow up to not take up too much space. Don't stick out. Don't be the crazy person. Don't be... And these are all well-intentioned. But you know what? It's okay to take up space. As long as you're doing it in a giving manner and in an inviting manner versus I'm I'm the bomb man I'm so awesome which is an arrogant and egotistical way of doing it you're going to have more people be drawn to you you're going to have people like you a lot more versus yeah that guy's a, a confident asshole if this is something that you struggle with give yourself permission to take up that space because one, it's going to be better for you. And two, nobody wants to be around somebody who's constantly at least appearing to be anxiety ridden because then they have to walk on eggshells and it make, it's more work for everybody else. Okay. All of us have value. All of us have something to give to this world. And so once you find it and you exude that, you'll have a much better time in your communication. The last thing I'm going to talk about is eye contact. You know, I mentioned that I was working on that. And so that's why I wanted to really go into this. The reason why eye contact is so important is because you are making a connection with somebody on a deeper level. So I'm going to tell you a story about a time that I truly creeped out some of my friends during graduate school. And don't worry, this wasn't on purpose, but I was doing this opera aria from a show called The Rape of Lucretia. And in this scene, my character, he's about to rape Lucretia. And basically he comes into the room, he sees her, 
as she's sleeping and he's describing her. It's very creepy music and the words are very descriptive. And in music school, you're taught not to look directly into the audience if you can even see them. Because most of the time it's dark, right? But if you can see them, don't look directly at them. And instead, try to look like between two people. Like if you're looking at a row of people, just look in between them and it will appear as if you are actually singing to them when you really aren't. It's not as awkward. So I'm singing this thing and there ha the lights happen to be dimmed in the room, but I could still see them and they were basically at eye level. I was in my head, you know, thinking about what I'm singing and what I'm doing and the actions that I had memorized for the scene. But there were some moments where I did look at a couple of them. Not on purpose, but it's just, you know, you're you're panning the room or whatever. And maybe I lingered a little too long as I'm singing this very creepy aria. After the, sh the class was done, they came up to me. Now, I need to also back up. These friends of mine, they were like 18 and 19. Because I was a grad student, they were undergrads. And I was like mentoring them and stuff. I'm in my 30s. So there's that age difference. And that's maybe a little bit crucial to this. They come up to me and they say, I never want to hear you sing that again. Because it was so creepy and so believable. And I literally was shaking when you looked at me. So I guess one, kudos to me for <laughs> really giving it the... Uh, the good interpretation, but also because of that connection, they thought that I was him. And if I actually was him and they subconsciously were her, that would be extremely frightening and extremely creepy. Even though I was literally like 30 or 40 feet from them, nobody was doing anything to each other. But it's that connection that was created through the eye contact Eye contact is so powerful in that way. If you really want to get your point across, you look them straight in the eye as, as frightening as that may actually be for you. And then they will get your words and understand where you're coming from a lot easier versus diverting and, you know, looking all over the place. Here are some tips for making better eye contact. Well, number one, you need to do it from the get-go, if, if at all possible. You know, sometimes maybe you got to settle into a conversation if it's a fairly long one and then, you know, you get into it, but it's better to always do it from the get go. Also, I found that this is maybe a better percentage of eye contact because as you go through all the research to say you should be looking at them X amount of time when they're talking to you and X amount of time when you're talking to them. I feel like this is a more, at least from the start, a more manageable proportion that is the 50 70 rule so 50 percent of the time when you are talking you should be looking at them and then when they are talking to you have it be 70 percent that way it doesn't come across as like staring it's a little more natural and it's not like when you're not looking at them when you're talking you're like looking way off into the distance you might just I don't know, look down real quick, then look back up at them. In conjunction with the 50-70 rule is you could also try to 
have a time minimum that you're going to look at them before you look away, if at all possible. I mean, some of this, it's like, it's not like as you're talking, you're also thinking one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, (laughs) you know, you got a lot going on there. But if you can try and get into the practice of looking for four or five seconds or at least long enough to where you can register their eye color before you glance off to the side or whatever, that helps you to get into that habit of not just automatically diverting all over the place. And when you do look away, just make sure that you're not doing it really quickly because then it looks like you're fidgety and nervous. And again, people don't trust you that way, or at least there's something up there. Another thing you can do is use a gesture as your looking away point. You know, either you look when you make the gesture in the direction, like if you're, if you're standing there and you're talking to them and you say, and they were over there and you put your arm out in front of you, you could look at your hand that you said they were over there, like say to the right hand side of wherever you're at. You could look at your hand and then when you bring it back down, you turn or you just, you know, move your focus back onto them and you look them in the eye. That's a real natural way of diverting your eyes if you're starting to feel a little awkward inside about how long you've been looking at them in the eye or if you need a little a little help to get you to look at them more. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the triangle technique. And this is something that I learned when I was trying to better myself during uh, you know, my getting back out there phase after my divorce. And the triangle technique is a way that you can look at their face without staring at them all the time in their eyes. So the triangle is your two eyes and your mouth. You can start by looking at one eye and then maybe look down at their mouth or maybe their nose or whatever, and then go to the other eye and then maybe go back down. Or maybe if you want to put the triangle, maybe you look at their forehead. I don't know. But the idea is that if you want to look at them, say, for more than five seconds, but you don't want it to be staring into one particular place, like their soul, um, and have it be a little bit more natural, you can move your eyes in that triangle formation, and that will give them a little bit more ease than if you were to just look at them straight in the eye, the same eye, all the time. So I hope that that gives you some things to think about this week as you want to improve your communication skills. And let me know how that goes. All right, that's the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, add me on social media. Again, the handle is Mike Heitman Show on Instagram and TikTok. I'll be back on Wednesday with more of that modern love. Have a great rest of your day.